We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Argent Wealth. I'm Neil McCready, joined here uh, by my friend uh, Martin Palomo at Argent there in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. Our first show of 2024 as we take this. I keep wanting to say 2023. I haven't written it yet, but I keep wanting to say it. 2024. It's uh, January the 9th, 2024, as we record this. Hope you all had a, uh, a great New Year and holiday season. So welcome into 2024. Uh, what we're going to do today is a quick little recap of 2023, and then we might make a few predictions for what's going to happen in our country, our world, and the economy, whatnot in 2024. We'll make our super early, sure to be wrong, sure to be laughably wrong, as I call them, <laughs> our predictions for 2024. And on a couple of mine, I hope I'm really wrong, but uh, we'll 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 see. Uh, first, uh, Martin, uh, before we get rolling, tell the people what's going on there at Argent and how they can get in touch with you guys. Yeah, man, we are uh, man, we are gearing up for a brand new season. This is kind of when it gets really busy for us. Um, you know, we do have a little bit of a seasonal waves, um, but folks, folks, this time this time of year when kids are back in school really ready to start focusing on like, Hey, how did we do last year? What adjustments do we need to make? Um, so next couple of months, man, we are, we're jamming. Um, but we are actually, I think we're going to be adding two more new team members. That is not hundred percent official yet, but, uh, it looks like it's going to be really probable like in the, in the next month. So it gives a little extra capacity as well to, um, you know, to talk to folks and meet with new people. So, uh, it's, uh, man, it's a great time of year. Um, to be, you know, looking at what's going on in, in your financial life and your portfolio. Uh, you know, I know people always have new year's resolutions, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a resolution for your, you know, your financial planning and investment portfolio. We really want to just make sure, um, you know, that folks are set up in a, in a very reasonable and, uh, in realistic manner and that we're doing some proper planning and, 
and some risk management for them. So, you know, if folks uh, have are coming up for air after the holidays and saying like, hey, uh, you know, I really want to get a better handle on on our financial future or what that looks like, um, man, give us a call 601-957-0323. Uh, you can also reach us through email at uh, like most, actually most of our listeners do email us. Um, and you can email us at info at my argent, A-R-G-E-N-T wealth.com or go to our website and, you know, you can hit the contact us button and it comes to, to me and a couple of other, of other folks. All right. Um, where do you want to get started? You want to recap 2023 from your perspective? What, what yeah, what do you, well, dude, I do remember my 2023 forecasts for stocks, you know, when we were doing this last year, which was, I thought we were going to have, you know, I thought stocks were going to be up, um, kind of, uh, high single digits this year. Uh, I thought bonds were going to be relatively flat. Um, well, I say this year, 2023, I thought I was going to, I thought we we're going to be like high single digit in stocks, relatively flat in bonds. So I batted, I'm batting, uh, I'm batting it at, at uh, 500 on that guy because bonds were relatively flat. They, they ended up the year kind of slightly positive because we had a rally um, at the end of the year. Interest rates kind of went down. 10 year treasury was hovering right at 5% in uh you know in the november time frame and it came down to about four percent so when interest rates go down you know bond prices go up but they were kind of, they were negative for the year so we ended the bond bonds ended up kind of slightly positive for the year and then stocks uh stocks definitely outperformed man it was kind of a tale of two totally different years uh if you think back to 2022 you know everyone got bludgeoned in 22 in their stock portfolio and in their bond portfolio. Um, really the, the stocks that got hurt the most in 2022, um, were the real growthy stocks or the tech stocks. Um, you know, remember Amazon was down significantly. Tesla was down significantly. Um, Google or alphabet, um, you know, Microsoft, they were all, all really, really battered, really, really bad in 22. Um, and then the the more stable kind of cash flow uh, oriented stocks, kind of your stir the oatmeal boring companies that have good cash flows, um, the value stocks they didn't really they didn't really lose a lot in 2022. They were they were slightly negative, but they were just kind of flat. Um, so you kind of look at 23, and man, it was like a total 180 um, for growth stocks. So growth stocks were up significantly. I think the Nasdaq was up you know, almost 50% in 2023, which are those, you know, mostly tech firms, um, real growthy stocks. Uh, the funny thing is, is, you know, the end of the year, the S&P 500, which is a mix of, of both, of growth and, um, you know, kind of value stocks. It's a blended, a blended uh, index. Um, the S&P 500 at the end of 2023, although it was positive, it's up like 24-ish percent. Um, it didn't get back to its, to its highs from, you know, from the previous year. Um, but the Dow, which was kind of, you know, the boring stir the oatmeal, you know, big industrial and financial companies that generally make up value or those stable stocks, uh, is making new highs right now. So although it looks like value didn't do anything in 22 or 23, they were pretty flat both years. 
Um, I mean, the Dow was up. Actually, the Dow was up, uh, you know, what, I think like 13, maybe 13%-ish, um, 13 and a half last year. Uh, you know, it, it kind of paid to be safe, which, you know, which most folks would have generally thought, oh, man, I should invest in the real risky stuff. Because, like, AI was the big theme last year, right? Um, you know, a firm like NVIDIA, which was a, a darling last year, I think NVIDIA was up. 250% last year, single stock. Um, my Bitcoin wallet is very happy uh, from last year. Uh, Bitcoin was up, you know, like I think like maybe 160%-ish. So, you know, last year was a good year, man. 2023 kind of, um, you know, it dug us out of most of the hole 2022 put us in. Um, I think this year, I'll make my predictions for 24 and we can, we can recap again in January of, of 2025. Um, I'm going to go high single digit returns <laughs> in stocks, okay. but I think this year bonds are going to give us those middle to high single digit returns too. So I think a blended portfolio really does have the opportunity to have, you know, another good year this year. I don't think we'll see the S and P up double digits like we did this year. Um, you know, unless, unless interest rates just get slashed down to zero again, which I just don't see, I just don't see that happening. So I think, you know, people who have balanced portfolios this year are going to be just like last year, man, if you had a balanced portfolio last year, you're pretty happy with, with returns. Your total return was probably double digits, you know, 10%, 12%, 13%. If you're in a, you know, a balanced blended portfolio. Um, I think this year, this coming year, it's probably going to be high single digits. A balanced portfolio is in high single digit, uh, high single digit total return. So that's kind of my prediction, man. And, you know, one of the things I'll say one more thing and I'll shut up and I'll let you talk. No, you're good. Um, one of the things when people are meeting, you know, everyone wants to talk about like how to, how did stocks do, how to bonds do. Right. That's what, that's what everyone wants to talk about. But when folks come in and they come in and see us, especially folks that are either approaching retirement or either, you know, in their retirement years, they do care about how their portfolio returns, but really their questions start becoming like, Hey, do I have enough money to generate enough cash flow each year for me to live off of for the rest of my life? And that's a completely different question than, Hey, how much did my portfolio make? Because there are tools that we have and, and all advisors have them. It's not, you know, I wish I could say that I have the, you know, the magic wand or I have the, uh, you know, the beanstalk, the magic beanstalk that's no one else has, but I don't, I don't have that. We have a couple of things that a lot of folks don't have access to. But one of the things that, you know, when we really start talking about cash flows, I ask people like, hey, how much do you have, like how much you have coming in from Social Security? And they'll tell me, I'm just going to make a number up. Let's say it's $2,500 a month. And I'll ask them like, hey, how much money do you, do you need to, how much money do you need to deposit in your account each month to like run your house, pay your bills? Not, we're not talking about going and traveling and blowing money. I'm like, I'm talking about just to make sure that you can live every each day of the month without starving, you know, and sometimes folks will say like, let's say that number's 4,000 bucks, right? So I know that 
I've got guaranteed income from Social Security of twenty five hundred. I've got a gap because they need four grand. Social Security's only giving them twenty five hundred, so I've got a gap of, um, you know, of fifteen hundred bucks. So there's tools that we have that all advisors have to cover that cash flow gap, to guarantee that income for their lifetime, to make sure that they, you know, if the stock market goes is up 50% or down 50%, they don't care because they've got cash that's going to be deposited, you know, each month and it's going to be guaranteed. So, you know, that, those are really the questions for, and when you're at a different phase of life, you stop caring about, you know, Hey, was my stock portfolio up 20%? You start asking like, Hey, do I have enough cash to live off of for the rest of my life? And well, yeah, what and tools can we use to make sure that I don't either one outlive my money or two run out of money? That's where the whole inflation thing kicks in. And I think it's going to be a monumental. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's going to be a big thing at the polls this, this year. I think uh, people are going to push back at the polls about inflation, about the cost of the grocery stores. Like, you know, I was in the grocery store Dude. A, few, a few times in December, you know, like getting ready for Christmas and getting ready for, um, <clears throat> Yeah, Christmas. I was basically, a, you know, like we did a big Christmas Eve thing at my parents and Christmas Day at my house. And, you know, I I, I told you I unplugged from work for three or four days and I went yeah. to the grocery store, pardon me, a few few times. And you just listen to people. And there was this one um, African-American lady and I, we were both on the spice aisle. It was just kind of for just a moment. It was just the two of us. Don't know each other. And she said, are you in Louisiana or are you, were no, you in Oxford? Oxford. And she said, can okay. I, can I bother you? And I said, sure. And she said, do you see black pepper? And I was like, well, I'll look for it. And we look and we look and we find this black pepper, but all that, all that they had at that moment were the, I said, do you have a grinder? And she's like, I do. But, and the price of it was so high. She was, can you believe this? And I was like, no, it's insane. And I'm like, I'm showing her like what I'm getting. And I'm like, this is, I'm going to end up dropping $300 on the damn grocery store. And I said, this doesn't even, this is. And you can carry your groceries out in your arms. Yeah. For 300 like, this, bucks. this is silly. And she said, you know, she said something about these young people don't understand how expensive it is, you know? And I was like, I know, I know I got a house full yep. of them. They don't I was get about it, to say know? I do too. Man. I'm like, they, they, they keep sending me back with these complicated lists and all this stuff's expensive and we're just having this moment. Yep. It hit me. And I realize I'm in Mississippi in a swing state, in, in the state that's not a swing state, right? We, yep. we know, we know where Mississippi's going to go on November yep. the whatever. But here's this woman. She's probably minimum 20 years older than me. We're different races probably different backgrounds, probably come from different places, probably don't see the world exactly the same way because how could we? And yet, when we're in, hey, we're in lockstep on yep. this. I mean, we are locked arm in arm. We are eye to eye. We are simpatico. We are, we are on the same team, right? And I thought, hmm, going to be some moments it's it's going to be some moments this fall, maybe, maybe not. We'll talk about that in a minute. But where you know what the 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 voting public, you'll push back a little bit and go. Let's talk about prices. Let's talk about inflation. 
because like you're trying to plan for that guy or that family that has the $1,500 gap. Well, if the cost to eat skyrockets and all of a sudden that $1,500 gap is a $2,200 gap. Well, now you're, you, you have a different issue. Now you, you, you can handle it because you're good at what you do and you're going to manage that. And you're going to build that into your, your formula and that kind of thing. But your client is going to have a panic over that when suddenly the trip to the grocery store that used to cost $107 is now $177. Yep. Okay. Well do the math. If you're going to the grocery store once a week and it's suddenly $60 more every time you go, well, you're dropping another $250 a month at the grocery store, just eating the same things, which means you have two choices. You can either eat cheaper stuff, which is not what most people want to do. Most people kind of set in their ways. They want to eat what they like to eat and, yep. you know, that kind of thing. And, or, or you've got to come up with more money. And I think that pushback is happening. And then I hear, I hear young people all the time. It happened in my gym just yesterday. Um, they were, they were talking about the cost of rent going up and the cost of real estate skyrocketing. And I looked at both of them and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, an, I'm going to have an old man moment for you. I said, you guys, y'all keep voting for the same thing. And you, when you get it, you you act like you're pissed off that you got what you voted for. Well, you got what you voted for. At some point, whether it's hold the Republicans or hold the Democrats or whoever accountable, you've got to say, hey, these things matter. And the truth is the stuff that really shapes your lives is not trans rights and all this silliness about pronouns and stuff. No, no, no. The stuff that shapes your life is your ability to afford a home and your ability to feed yourself. Yeah, and your family. It's the basic stuff. I hate to break it to you, but that's the reality. You can you old man them, dude. I did. I old man them, and I I could tell the the, the young the, the the young white guy didn't like it. He didn't like it. He's like, well, I, I disagree. And I said, well, you can disagree all you want to. I'm just telling you. As you get out in the real world, you're gonna begin to understand something that there's a difference between equality and equity. And equity, yeah. Okay, it ain't the same damn thing, champ. And so figure it out, because you'll either figure it out now. Or the world's going to figure it out for you. Trust me. You know, and I, I think that's, to me, the exciting thing about being in an election year is that, okay, here we go. Let's, here we let's go. Have, let's have yeah. conversations about the stuff that matters. Let's, let's have practical conversations about the stuff that matters because it's, it does shape what happens to us in the next two to four years. And I'll be the guy that's, that's hardcore about what's coming in 2024. I think the future of our republic is on the line. And, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these. It's Trump or else. Nope. In fact, in fact, if it were up to me, and I'm a Republican, if it were up to me, Trump would not win the nomination. Period. If it were up to me, Trump would fall out of this race somehow, some way, really fast. And the race, would, because here's what I would love, Martin. And then if the Republicans lose, they lose because they lose a lot. They're really bad at winning. Let's make the let's make the election well, about let's make the election about um, issues. Let's make the election supposed about to be issues. about anyway, man. Let's let's talk about hey, all this money that's going to Ukraine. Why? Where's it going? Let's hold let's hold in this case President Biden or whoever the candidate is accountable for what's happened in the last four years. I don't want this race to be all about J six 
we just got through with January 6th and I was like, oh my God, really? I mean, the guy on NBC is in tears and talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, come on. We got to move past some of this stuff. We got to get, we got to get talking about, here's where we are. Here's where our, here's where our country sits today. We're on the precipice, whether we want to admit it or not. We've never been weaker on the world stage. What does that mean with what's happening in, in the Middle East, with what's potentially happening in Taiwan and China? And you've got all these things that are happening. Let's have a substantive national conversation on those things. And that's why I'll give the Democrats so much credit again. The Democrats, their strategy is win. What's the rest of your strategy? Just win. Just win. However I can. Win, whatever it takes to win. <clears throat> and they have determined that their best path to win is scary because they, I don't. I, I think they're genuinely terrified by the thought of Trump having another term. But they have figured out that their path to a, another, another term is Trump. That enough people hate Trump, detest Trump, are scared of Trump, that they won't vote for Trump. As opposed to having a debate where you have a guy like DeSantis or a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy or, I mean, I don't think it's Nikki Haley because she might as well be, she might as well be a robot. But um, some of those other people that were there on a stage and suddenly the debate is not about Trump. The debate's about Biden. And if the, the, if the conversation becomes about Biden, the numbers bear that out, that it's a landslide loss for them. I do. Uh... <clears throat> I do love to see things about issues. And I would, I will say, and I know you and I talked about this a little bit pre-show, but the thing that has kind of been refreshing about Ramaswamy, I know that he's got no chance, but he also knows he has nothing to lose. So <clears throat> like the last few times I've seen him on stage, he has really gone at exposing, um, you know, politics, I'm going to just say politics for what it is, because really at the end of the day, and this can, this can segue into a, one of the things we talked about too, at the end of the day, whether they're sit on the right or the left, it doesn't matter. It's they're the same, which is self feeding self, you know, uh, fulfilling self, uh, greed that exists on, on, on both sides of the aisle. You know, and one of the things that Ramaswamy when he and he was taking the swings at <clears throat> at Nikki Haley and they they landed pretty well, you know. And and I think it's true for a lot of a lot of our uh, you know senators and rep and representatives that they go into uh, office, you know. And some of them may have some net worth. Maybe they were attorneys, um, you know, prior to, and they have a little bit of savings, but they really build their net worth while they're they're in office having really no other job other than being a professional politician. And um, I ran across an article that Forbes Forbes released, but I, I couldn't read the Forbes article because I'm not a subscriber, but NBC Montana um, ran a similar one. And it was kind of talking about how did the, how did our, how did our politicians do last year investing versus the S and P 500? And um, you know, it's, it's kind of to, 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 to summarize the article, um, the S&P 500 last year returned 24%, um, more than a third of our elected officials' personal portfolios way outperformed the S&P 500. Uh, the top one being Representative Brian Higgins, which they're saying Democrat from New York. That may be correct. For some reason, I thought Brian Higgins was 
was a Republican, but it, he, he, but that could be right. Democrat from New York. His total return for his investment portfolio last year was 239%. So remember earlier we said NVIDIA, uh, the AI stock NVIDIA, last year's performance was 246%. So unless Mr. Higgins had 100% of his net worth, which he needs to fire his financial advisor, <laughs> if he does, 100% of his liquid net worth and NVIDIA, it's like, man, kind of make make that make sense to me. Um, and then the number 10 performer was a representative Pete Sessions at a 63.3. Number nine, the most notable on here being uh, the Democratic Republic, uh, Democratic representative from California, Miss Nancy Pelosi, at a staggering 65 and a half percent return. Yeah, I've got and, the, I've got this up here. So you've got Democrat okay. Higgins is a Democrat. Okay. Uh, Mark Green from Tennessee is a Republican. Yep. Garrett Graves from Louisiana is a Republican. David yep. Rouser from North Carolina is a Republican. Seth Moulton yep. from Massachusetts is a Democrat. Ron Wyden from Oregon is a Democrat. Yep. John Rutherford from Florida is a Republican. Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut is a Democrat. Nancy Pelosi, of course, is a Democrat. And Pete Sessions, as you just referenced, is a Republican from Texas. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's a 50-50 split. That's that's five Republicans and five Democrats in the top 10. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. It's that's not, what Ramaswamy was getting. It's not a Republican versus Democrat thing. It's a no, it's it's why it's it look, it's why the whole Epstein thing should be a bigger story. Okay, it's 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 what should be the bigger story here. We should yeah, systematic all want to know. So wait a minute. This guy put these people on planes, took them down to an island, and they molested little children and they were protected. Who did that? We yeah, we would. Uh, you know what happened? They they got video. They've got they've got blackmail on them. So these people are in Washington. They're in seats of power, and they get up there. And almost the very first thing that happens to them is they're corrupted. That's why we yeah, need I don't, limits. We, you, dude, shouldn't, I, you shouldn't be able. Look, you shouldn't. This is Republicans, Democrats. You shouldn't be able to make. We'll take Higgins out of it. We'll pick. A Republican, we'll pick a Republican at four and a Democrat at five, okay? David Rouser, 105.6% return. Yeah, double his money in a year. I mean, Martin, if if, if you bring back 105.6% returns for your clients. Uh, they would, they would worship me. I would be their idol. You would, you would literally... That's impossible, though, man. Like, and then, and if then, I'm doing my job, and then Seth Moulton is eighty percent return. Yeah, and again, dude, if I'm doing my job, meaning that I'm creating balanced, sustainable, long-term portfolios, this is an impossible feat. You cannot do it. It is you not possible do it without, when the, without insider information. So, or these yes, people. that or or just so so much nosebleed risk that you go, hey. If this dude is willing to gamble with his own personal money, which I know people say, hey, that's his business. It shouldn't be, we shouldn't, that shouldn't matter to us. But if he's willing to gamble with his money, I'm, why would I believe that that person is not willing to gamble with my money, my tax dollars? Yeah. But, but you understand my point here. You, yeah, don't, no, I do. you don't pull this off as a member of Congress without insider information. Correct. 
You don't do this without lobbyists feeding you information. You don't do this without corruption. I feel very safe in saying all 10 of these people are corrupt as hell. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, you know, I mean, that's... I would get behind that with my kids' lives. Yeah, so... You know, and then I saw at the very bottom, I don't know if you saw, there was a little thing, and I think this is just a comment, but I I totally agree with this. Um, Well, it, it, it says... A poll from Morning Consult slash Politico found 68% of registered voters support banning stock trading for members of Congress. Yes. Another poll from University of Maryland found 86% favor banning members of Congress from stock trading in individual companies. That number is even higher for the president, vice president, and Supreme Court justice at 87%. I 100% believe that there should be a law that says if you have access to, to inside information, you do not have the ability to buy individual companies to trade on that. You could only buy 100%. ETFs or mutual funds like 100%. like everybody else. 100%. That is that's fair. You should um, not go to Capitol Hill and become generationally wealthy. Agreed. You we should have look. We should have term limits. And I think that's probably something that we and, all as Americans can agree on. We do. It doesn't matter whether we're Republican or Democrat. We can all agree that. This is that, why I think this is such a pivotal year for us as a country. Because I think the majority of the country basically thinks the same things. We all look at this silly trans stuff and go, what the hell? No one really. Are we really? Is this really something that the majority of? No, of course not. We, we all, most people generally look at things and go, you know, we, we probably have, we probably have some issues with weapons, with guns, with there's, there's, I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a vocal middle that has been squeezed out by the extremes. And anytime you have an election, maybe takes the voice back. Anytime you have an election, there's a chance that the, that, that voice that we, the reason that that we we listen to a guy like Vivek is not because he's always right. It's not that. Right. His voice resonates because you hear him and you're like, oh, damn, I didn't know you could say that out loud. Right. And he did in a public, <laughs> in public, right. on camera. Why does Rogan forum. do so well? Yeah. Not because everything Joe Rogan says is right. Rogan does so well because he says things that people say, well, you just can't say that. Well, he just did. He did, yeah. Why? Why can't you? I mean... You you have a you you have this this it's why as we get into predictions here in the last fifteen minutes or so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's already January the 9th. We're nine Dude, days. We're, we're in political season right now, man. Oh, it's... As the podcast, well, we've got, they, they're always like 2024 is here. And I'm like, well, it is now. Yep. Well, and we have what, one more Republican debate before the Iowa caucuses. Is that yeah, right? It's like, only, it's only DeSantis and Haley and Haley. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't invite anyone else. They, they, they're, they're very <laughs> well. And we have, what are we a week away from the Iowa caucuses where we, we yeah. we're going to start getting some, some numbers, some polling numbers. Yep. So what's your uh, super Tuesdays, like less than two months away. What's your, yeah. What's your prediction on the Republican nominee? How does the Republican field play out in 2020? Um, I'm going to say my gut. My gut probably tells me that that DeSantis, <clears throat> I think DeSantis might squeak out a, um, uh, uh, coming out of Super Tuesday smelling like a rose. I think that, <clears throat> I think that, Probably the Republican Party wants Nikki Haley uh, to come out. You know, and I'm just, we're talking sans Trump, correct? Like, no, including. Are, are Trump. you saying like including Trump? Okay. Do you, do you oh. think Donald Trump is the nominee, yep. or do you think there's think, an upset? No, I think Trump is the nominee. That I thought we're if if we took Trump out of the picture, I would say I think it. You know, that it could be DeSantis. Um, that's okay. my that would be my 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 forecast, and I could be wrong about that i think trump has i think every time the media every time something happens in the media and he gets attention it just it's like it powers him up did you ever watch you probably didn't i'm about to nerd i'm about to make a nerd out of myself uh, there's a show called dragon ball z which was a cartoon and I've it's like uh, it, i've never watched it japanese anime kind of stuff yeah. mm -hmm. uh, kind of the very first it's really awesome but like some of the humans can like power up into these superhuman powers. And that's like, that's every time Trump gets, uh, every time Trump gets a media attention, it's like he turns into a super Saiyan and he powers up, um, you know, and I think the stuff that happened in Colorado and Maine for him was for the Republican ticket, I think just makes him even more powerful, man. I could be 100% wrong about, about that that's just that's my forecast pulling it out of my butt yeah i i think trump wins the nomination i think he loses the election i, I think, think that's that he, a strong possibility i think that he loses the house in the process Ooh. that the uh democrats get 
widespread power, total power. And in all likelihood, two things happen. The Republican Party, as we know it, sort of ceases to exist. And the Democrats overplay their hand, and it leads to what I think four years of chaotic, two years at least of chaotic revolt. That's where I think from we're the right ha- or from the left from 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 the the middle right when they realize. Right. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't think Trump can win. I don't think he will win. I don't think they'll let him win. Um, however, it takes for him not to win. I just my opinion. I just I, when I try to envision that, I think there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for him to win the general. Yeah. Uh, of course, we can see what polling looks like because I will say in 2016, man, um, I hadn't, I saw no path for, for Trump. Um, no, and, and he's <laughs> look, he's running in 2016. He ran against a historically bad candidate, and this time, if it's Biden, he is running against a historically maybe, bad candidate. <laughs> maybe the worst candidate for president since incumbent Jimmy Carter. And and the difference is that Carter at least had some traction. Biden, Biden has. I mean, there's a path to Biden's popularity come election day being around below thirty percent. Well, it's dude, and the, not a, the thing, not a path to victory here. I I, I just don't. The again, thing I'm just, curious about too with let's let's just let's play this tape all the way to the end. It's it's election day. It's November, twenty twenty four. We're you know ten months from now. And I've been, and I, and I don't know if this is just the algorithms of Facebook, um, but I've been seeing a whole lot of, um, you know, videos and if, and it could be AI stuff. It could be algorithms. I have no idea of, you know, black Americans mm-hmm. on video saying, you know, what has the democratic party done for black America? And then what has Mr. Trump done for black America. These are their videos, not my videos. Um, and you know, and I kind of wonder like, is that algorithms or is that real, uh, where there could be an, you know, a lot of the, the base that carried the Democrats, um, you know, last year may, I mean, last year, last election cycle, uh, in 2020 could be turning, you know, against them, um, you know, for this four years. So I'd be, I mean, I'm, I don't think Trump wins in November. But I think it's probably going to be a lot closer than, than, uh, than you would think. Oh, I mean, not, not you, Neil, but yeah. No, I, I, I think there's you. look. I think there's a path for a third party to get fifteen to twenty percent of the vote. There, there, there's a, I think there's a significant portion of the American populace who will not vote for Trump, but who will also not vote for Biden. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. And and those people who might would that be? Screw it, I'm not going to vote. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know RFK. Yeah, uh, not, is I, he going to run on an independent? Or as of now, he says he is. I mean, here's Trump's thing, right? I'm reading from the Associated Press and the Wall Street Journal. The legal reckoning for Donald Trump entered a critical stretch Tuesday as Washington Federal's appeal court signaled it would reject the former president's claim that he's immune from prosecution on charges he plotted to overturn the 2020 election. Trump was present in the courtroom mere blocks from the Capitol and is expected to sit in on a hearing Thursday in his civil fraud case in New York with the Iowa caucuses less than a week away. Though Trump isn't required to be there, his presence in court reflected how his legal defense has merged with his presidential ambitions as he seeks to capitalize on a torrent of criminal jeopardy 
and cast himself as the target of politicized prosecutions. His approach appears to be resonating, at least among Republican stalwarts. He enters the GOP primary season with a prohibitive lead in the polls and a 2024 calendar filled with opportunities for more legal sparring, including at the Supreme Court. What you're about to see is a whole variety of different cases are some very direct challenges to some basic ideas we have about the rule of law and whether or not people who assume high office retain personal responsibility and accountability for wrongdoing, said Frank Bowman, a professor emeritus at the University of Missouri. This is foundational stuff. The problem I have with it is that I just think a lot of the Americans that you and I just talked about, like the the older woman that was at the grocery store who is just figuring out is it worth it to spend this extra money on this seasoning? Is it really worth it? Do I want to spend that money on this? Do they really care about the re-legislating of the 2020 election? Do they do they really care or do they check out? I, I have a feeling that, that the percentage of people that actually really want to litigate that, that really want to go down that road, and I mean, I'm all for it. Let's go down that road. Let's talk about what J6 was, wasn't, how it happened, was it... How much of it was an inside job? How much of it was was coerced by feds? How much of it was coerced by Trump? Let's talk about what really happened. I'd love to really know. Who do you trust to tell you that story? Mainstream media? They're not telling you that story. No. Do you trust all the right-wing crazies? Not, I, I, really no. don't. I really don't. So what you, what you get, the most exciting night of this entire cycle to me so far, I, I can't believe I'm going to give credit where this goes to, I'll give it to Sean Hannity. On Fox, he had a debate between Newsom, the governor of California, and DeSantis, the governor of Florida. And Martin, it was on the issues at hand. And it was fascinating. It was really, really good. They debated for more than an hour. And I thought they were going to debate more. And then something happened and the debate stopped. But it was on the issues. It was substantive. Oh, they took some shots at each other and they made fun of each other and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, the debate was about issues that impact our lives. If you make this thing about Trump and Biden and about how Trump did this in 2020 or whatever and Biden's 10% cut for the big guy that no one wants to talk about and Hunter is horrible son. And if you make it about that, I just don't know how many people in America really care the extremes care to the masses and they, yeah they, that's who has the mic at the moment yeah they always have the mic because the masses when they don't care they just check out and they go live up their lives and they're the ones that they're trying to figure out that gap you were talking about how do they get yep. the four thousand dollars a month <laughs> so that they can feed their family and pay the rent and pay the mortgage and all of those things and maybe have a little bit back to take little johnny out to his birthday party on the 19th yep that's your regular American. That is your, <clears throat> that is Joe, right? Yeah. And, and Joe wants to know, Hey, this, this Ukraine thing, what's, when's that end? What's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. When, why are we, why, why, why are we still, why are we still spending money over there? How many billions? <laughs> so, you know, we live in Jackson and we can't get clean water, but we can send $175 billion to Ukraine. We should be having that conversation. So, yep. I just I agree, think, man. I mean, I don't think we're going to. That's my prediction. My prediction is that this year goes poorly from that regard and that there's an incredible disconnect in November, December of this year that leads to 
a couple of years of people beginning to really push back against radical and stuff. And we have this very old president who will at this point be a lame duck. And that will be the end. Presumably people will have to accept that Donald Trump's never coming back and they're going to have to figure out another way. And I think that's the end of the Republican party sort of as we, as we know it, there will be a new, kind of a new, uh, I don't know, page turned. Yeah. And I think, I mean, dude, I do think that, uh, when I guess I'm becoming, I'm becoming the old man too. Um, you know, the older that I get, uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely tend to, I tend to be more concerned about leave me alone government um than to the definitely the the run my life government Mm -hmm. and the one thing that i'm i'm really curious about with you know the i guess i'm i'm a i'm on the cusp of gen x and millennial i'm i'm either the youngest gen x or the oldest millennial or depending on you know different folks cut them in different years but like christopher's generation my son um he's kind of the I think he's like the middle of the Gen Z, um, Gen Z group. And then, um, and you know, when I talk to, when I talk to him and, and his buddies and I don't, we don't do a whole lot of politics in my house. Like we don't have political conversations. I'm not watching like Fox news or, you know, MSNBC, um, you know, I, I think you and I have said it on air too. Like I read my news. I generally read from the wall street journal. Um, I don't listen to a lot of what's on the TV, but my daughter, she's, you know, two years younger than him. They both like to wrestle with issues, um, that that's going on. And they like to talk about, um, like they get into not arguments with each other, but you know, heated conversations about, um, things that are important and things that are not important. And it's, it's kind of interesting to hear their dialogue together. It gives me a, it gives me like a little bit of a proud papa moment that I have, you know, kiddos that, that talk about this stuff, but I think their friend groups do too. Um, and I don't see them so much focusing on things like, you know, the trans movement. And my, I would say my daughter is, definitely more left-leaning than anyone in my house, which makes sense for her age and her gender as well. Um, but dude, she is, she loves to talk about economics and she wants to question economic policy, which Christopher, my oldest, he, I mean, he's, he's interested in that stuff too, but it's interesting. It's like, that's what their friend group is talking about. And maybe they're the weirdos. Um, and they're not oh. a good representation of the, you know, 16 to 21 year olds no in the country i told you i I think they're talking about issues though man i think young people are starting to talk about stuff they're looking at cost of like my daughter talking cost of rent yeah um you know hey will i ever be able to afford a home i don't know and dude and bella is registered to vote she is so excited because she has a voter's registration card and she will turn 18 literally will turn 18 like two weeks before 
Carson's uh, that way. Carson, my son, he turns 18 a week, a month before. So he'll get yeah. to vote in this election. And, and he's excited, she's about, excited it. about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which is cool, because oh, I was, when I was 18, I was chasing women and drinking, and I was not, Yeah, I was not paying attention to what was going on in my, no, in politics in the world. So I guess I'm kind of giving an attaboy to, maybe it's the young folks have said, hey, we've watched all of the stupidity of the folks just a little older than us, and we're not uh we're not buying yeah. into that we're I think gonna do our what, own way. i think that's what's coming i really do i think i think there's i think this this year is going to ultimately be very frustrating it's going to lead to a lot of distrust and 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 pain and that kind of thing over the next couple of years but i i do think there's a i think there's a major correction coming i'm that's cool my, with that my opinion i think this is this is the year that the 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 old people if you will completely steer the 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 train completely off the tracks take it right off the mountain just i was what i believe i mean i think it's going to be painful but i i think that's where we're headed I, I you keep hearing people go to say the same thing it was as we wrap up it's like i can't believe this is our choice this is our choice <laughs> this These guy this dudes guy. i mean this is it it's like well, dude, I can't wait to talk about, and I know maybe our listeners may grow tired of us talking about politics, but it's no, almost like I, it's I almost evangelism, so. dude, where it's like there's so much that needs to be told that I feel like we're doing a disservice to people if we don't at least yeah talk well, about well. it and inform from an from an not I'm not going to say an un, a non biased because I have my biases, but like we don't get paid to talk about right. politics. You and I don't earn a dollar off of this show to talk about politics. So there's no politics shape our lives. They shape the lives of the people that, that are listening to this. They shape the lives of the people that listen to my other podcasts that, that, that come to you for financial advice that come to you to protect their retirement. Politics yeah. most certainly affects it everything matters. that you do. And this, this race does as well. And yep. the fact that it appears that this is, we're headed towards a race between frankly, two dudes who are too old, no matter what you <laughs> yes. think of them, Two dudes who are too old and two dudes who are remarkably unpopular. And that we're left to choose between them is yep. revelatory of where we are. All right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap there. We'll get back cool. uh, with you. I think we'll get back on schedule probably next week at some point. Yeah. And, uh, That's probably reasonable. Yeah, so for Martin, I'm Neil. That does it for this edition of Mind on My Money presented by Argent, Argent Wealth. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with them, it's info at my Argent, A-R-G-E-N-T, Wealth. Dot com. So until next time, for Martin, I'm Neil. Take care.